calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. How much money would it take for you to to poop on a man? Um, it would take, oh my god, just to get in that posi- in that point, like logistically, <laughs> I would need. I would need probably like five grand plus like Uber to and from. That's so funny. Five grand was the number that popped into my head. Really? Yeah. Wow. We have so like, much think, in common, I, Carolyn. I know. That's <laughs> not it. I think it stops there. Being gay. And yeah. And we both poop on a man for $5,000. That is End the extent. Of <laughs> that is the extent of the things that you and I share. <laughs> oh, God. That's great. Okay. I think we can get started now. I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's all about. Ducking out, ducking out, ducking out, ducking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that aspires to have the same chaotic energy of Kristen Stewart's haircut. <laughs> I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Sarah York. And today we're Diking Out with Alex Kunas about dyke spaces. Alex is the founder and chef behind Babetown, a New York City-based supper club for queer women and trans and non-binary people. Alex, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. A uh, quick announcement, we do have... Uh, a show at Stonewall, July 29th, and our lineup, uh, we have past and one future guest. Um, we have Mindy Raff, uh, Katie Ellen Humphreys, Mila Miles. I know I said it was Juan Chico Eke last week, but we had a little bit of a flip there. Um, Sabrina Wu, and then future guest Gina Bloom, and Alison Pontier is our musical guest. We're very excited, so come out to that. Tickets um, are available online, probably s- still, I don't know. Yeah. We're recording this early it is the day after pride yes. after new york city pride for us so we're slightly hungover um but still very excited about doing this episode <laughs> right now with alex so our pride weekend we went to the dyke march we did and it was sarah's first dyke march it was my first dyke march and it was fucking awesome and i now consider that to be like the apex of pride weekend for me mm-hmm. like i feel like that was the big event of yeah. sorts. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, it rocked. I was just, I, I loved it. There was so much good energy there. It was really, really amazing. It also started off like overcast and kind of drizzly. And then yeah. it, by the end was like very nice out. Oh, it was and, amazing. And like had cooled down and. Um, yeah, it kind of, it, it like rained a little bit, but it actually felt really good. It was like. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. It, was, it felt like, I was like, wow, this is like literally, this could not be better. Yeah. It was really incredible. Um, and we ran into so many people that listened to the podcast. That was yes. the best part. Yes. So many of you who came up to us to say hi. Uh, that was awesome. We were so happy to meet you. Even listeners from out of town. There mm-hmm. was one from Cleveland. Shout yes. out to our Cleveland listener. Uh, and some of our listeners were um, marshals. Yep. Uh, which is a really cool volunteer thing that that you can do for future uh, dike marches where yeah. you make sure that, uh, you know, that the cars don't drive through yeah. <laughs> the dike march. Have you done the dike march before, Alex? Oh, my gosh, have I? Yeah. yeah. I started going to the dike march. I guess I was like 17 years old was my first <gasps> oh, one. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the heart and soul of my of my gay pride every year. I, I, yeah. throw, I throw babe towns now. Um, at, on, for my pride, Babe Town, it's always after the Dyke March. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It mm-hmm. it was so just the the energy, and then as always, I get emotional with all the the older uh, gay men on the sidewalks mm-hmm. holding signs in support of lesbians and and dykes. And um, I don't yeah, know. It was great. It was cool, so cool to see people from so many different generations there. Like yes. it was amazing. I'm obsessed. I'm just obsessed with old lesbians and like. <laughs> There were a lot of them there, and it was unbelievable. It was so cool. Yeah. Not to call her old, but we did run into... Well, we ran into a bunch of past Diking Out guests, too, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And one of them was uh, Madeline Olnick, who's older than us. Of course. I'm not yeah, call her yeah. old. Um, who directed and wrote Wild Nights with Emily. And uh, we were very excited to, to run into her, and that was really cool. Um, and then the next day, so she invited us to this get-together at her house, and it was everything that I hoped it would be, mm-hmm. uh, a quiet gathering <laughs> of older lesbian women. That's amazing. Um, with different flavors of sparkling water based on what Thrillist said were the top <laughs> five LaCroix flavors. <laughs> that Do you know, I've, not I've read that art. I actually have, like, referenced that article so many times because... Um, at Babetown, when I first started, that was, that's the soda I always get requested was like La, La Croix or La Croix? La Croix. La Croix. Yeah. Well, La Croix. I think so, some, some people say it's, it, La Croix is yeah. like how... That's but, like the... F- yeah. so I'm always I referencing that. I say La Croix. La, 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 I, I hate, when I first, yeah, I hated it initially because people would come up and be like, La Croix. And yeah. I'm like, you're making a noise. I don't know, yeah. I don't know what you're asking me for. Um, but yeah, I'm always referencing that article when I'm doing my ordering, like, okay, these are the flavors that people like, like yeah. I noted, like they don't like the, the grapefruit one. Oh my yeah. God. That's the only one I do like. Yeah. Really. That, I think that's the one that's that one. like at the bottom of the list. They're like, no, oh, wow. That. That that's really why I wrote off, one. I wrote off that Thrillist list because yeah. I saw Pomplamoose was and Pomplamoose at the bottom. is like the best one, I think. I think so. Well, I did think so until... She had me try key lime, and that was yeah. key lime is the most popular. Yeah, that's the one everyone wants. It's hmm. you know I never Learned tried it. I know <laughs> I never tried it until that point, but it and is. The I love you went to a sparkling water party coconut. in the village amongst older lesbians. That sounds like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I also was met this a real. This was a, it was actually uh, oh, a sparkling yeah. water. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a. She called it a water party, and at first I was like, oh, is she gonna have like an a. a kiddie pool inside yeah. her, her apartment is she into something? some weird shit or what yeah yeah I was, <laughs> um, but no it was 
very tame. Um, yeah. And then Madeline also has like this very calm zen energy that yeah. Cecilia was so into. Cecilia was obsessed with her. Yeah. She's like, I love Madeline and her like zen. Yeah. She's, she's super yeah. rad. Yeah. And uh, I met a gay Susan there who let me take her picture and post it on the Instagram account. And then a lot of them were, a lot of the women there were arguing with me about like, they're like, I don't know any gay Susans. And I'm like, well, maybe you don't have enough friends. Like, because uh, they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so many gay Susans. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then we went to the uh, Leslie party uh leslie nyc is like they throw events for queer women and trans non-binary folks and um that was a fun thing uh that we stayed at for for a little bit and mm-hmm. uh one of the the actress who plays um gloria on orange is the new black was there yeah uh somewhat randomly i guess the organizer used They're to work like, on orange is the new black is the most lesbian show we know yeah, so, yeah. here's a random character <laughs> yeah from right who's like not even gay not gay at all right. yeah. yeah uh but you know it was nice enough to to show up just to get lesbians being like oh someone from a kind of gay I show mean, the, <laughs> it worked, it worked the entire cast of that show can yeah. just kind of coast on our fandom forever yeah you know they can always <laughs> show up to our events and be warmly received yeah have well, you seen that show, Orange is the New no. Black? Yeah. <laughs> of course I haven't. I haven't seen anything. Just, just checking. Just checking. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Every time I make a reference, I have to pause and explain. Which, speaking of shows, uh, Alex, you said you're watching Gentleman I Jack. Have. I've just started watching Gentleman Jack. So how far are you into it? Um, I'm like three or four episodes in. I guess I'm okay. episode four. Okay. Yeah. Episode three is like the... Yeah. The, a turning... Yeah. A real turning point for them. Yeah. You know, can we talk about how like the unspoken like femme hero of that show, Anne Walker, like they keep showing her being kind of like dragged into this thing. She's actually like... She actually like really suffered at the end of that relationship. Like after Anne Lister died her family you know that was always trying to get their hands on her money yeah she'd been living this lesbian lifestyle that they hated for years at this point and they had her um declared mentally insane yep and so that she couldn't leave a will and like and she like like was committed to an insane asylum for the rest of her days yeah so and and walker she's she's not getting the respect on that show that i think she deserves they we keep having ann lister look at us and being like i'm gonna get this woman but it's like no not cool yeah Mm -hmm. I, I think she Ann Walker has her moments in in the rest of the the series yeah. where mm-hmm. she isn't so much of this like pushover. But yeah, she's she's like a this very, person being manipulated by Ann Lister, and she's also like she's yeah. attracted to her from the beginning, like before yes. like Ann Lister is even paying attention to her. Yeah, so she's kind of she's like this like OG femme representation. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like she's not interested in any of the dudes. Not like these like other women that are just biding their time until they get married or when they're mad at their husbands. Yeah, you know she's here for this. Yes, you know, and I just I feel like she's never really given the, the respect that she deserves a little bit. That's true. That's true. It, it's a very, I mean, they're both very fascinating uh, characters and obviously ones that we never see on TV. Mm. But um, yeah, the complexity of, because like, you'll see later, like, like the mental illness, like it is a real thing. It's not just because she's a lesbian that they're mm. like, she must be crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't know though. Like who, who wrote the biography of her life? Like we actually don't know. Like who, I, who gets, I, who gets to write that history about her? Yeah. I guess I was wondering if, if it was based on Anne's, Anne Lister's diary entries that they were 
Mm, like that she probably wrote about it or else I would hope that somebody wouldn't just take everyone else's word for it (laughs) and being like, well, these straight people who want her money said she was crazy. I also have a huge pet peeve. I, I feel like I'm like, I feel like, you know, I can be like driving on the highway. Like I'm like... 20 miles north, there's a butch woman. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and I, you know, like, I'm so sick of, like, actors who are clearly, clearly not butch. Like, not doing a good job of portraying a butch woman at all, like, being at the helm of these characters. Like, yeah. I'm looking at you, Claus, like, the person who plays Quiet Anne. She looks, like, borderline uncomfortable in that role. And that, and... In the case of Gentleman Jack, we've got Gemma Wellen playing the sister, who was actually, I felt like, gave us like pretty convincing butch energy in Game of Thrones. Like, Absolutely. one of the more realistic butch portrayals I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And did a really good job. She and had way more of that energy than I thought Brienne of Tarth did, even though Brienne of Tarth's mm-hmm. character wasn't gay, but she's mm-hmm. still, you would think that she would have the, the queerest energy of any of the female characters, <laughs> but by far it was Yara. Yeah, no, Yara was one of the best, like, lesbian characters I feel I've, I've seen on TV. And the what? fact... Yeah. Hold yes. on. Hard disagree. <laughs> what? Absolutely. I, she, I, I was toxic. a little in love with her. Oh, she was toxic, toxic as fuck. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. But as but far she as doesn't her... Have, that was her she, version of lesbianism was just being like, eh, hey, check out these titties on this, <laughs> on this lady in this port. Let me she was smack her on the, the ass. The Leah Delaria of, of Westeros. Yes, yeah. she was the Leah Delaria <laughs> of Westeros. But were you not like at all turned on by that interaction? Like she no. was just such, she had just such like an abrasive, overt sexuality that I I thought there was something kind of like hot about that. Like a, a unique, very sexual, yeah. No, I love I, that her lesbianism is always given to us like super sexualized. Not at all. I was into <laughs> I liked it too. the, what's her name from Dorn? Oh, uh, oh yeah. I, it is homophobic that they interrupted that sex scene. Yes. I know. That is homophobia. It That's was homophobic. actual like, I have an actual serious gripe with that. Yeah, like, that I would, if really... I ever saw those writers, I'd be like, why the fuck didn't you let that go on for three more minutes? Three yeah. minutes more. That's yeah. all we needed. There was, like, no lesbian anything that went on in that show, like, for, like, a, a million seasons. There was gay men. There was all kinds of queerness. No lesbian sex. And now we're about to have this, like, really great scene, and they just rip it away from us. Yeah. <sighs> that was I the know. worst. I'm so Which... glad that show is over. I know. We did say we wouldn't talk about it anymore, so maybe we should. Yeah. yeah. God. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. Back to Gentleman Jack, though, and how not butch that main character is. Yeah, she's playing her, I think, like, Dr. Quinn medicine woman, and I have a lot of... Doesn't, doesn't she remind you of Dr. Quinn medicine woman? I mean, now that you say that, I, I, again, I haven't seen it, but, like, all of the still shots I've seen from the thing, I could see I could see what you mean by that. I've never watched Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> oh my God, I grew up watching that show. Uh, I think it's really silly that that's the name of the show. Like, or else, <laughs> Medicine Woman. Or else people would have thought it was like a show about her husband or something. <laughs> right. Like, like they I mean, had to clarify, like, she can be named Dr. Quinn. Yeah. yeah. And she's also Medicine a lady. Woman, she's yeah. a, med- a medical lady. <laughs> I actually, I never thought of that. The title is really, really silly. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Jane Seymour, though, what a babe. Yeah, Jane Seymour was a babe, is a babe currently. Yeah. Every I, day. I did tweet, <laughs> I tweeted something about the title of that show, and my friend had what I thought was, like, the funniest response. Um, it was like, I can't operate on this 
patient. He's my medicine son. <laughs> my medicine son. I love those that. of you who know yeah. the riddle. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. That's really funny. That's the dumbest riddle ever. It's like so the whole like the, the yeah, trick is that nobody thinks a woman is a doctor. Yeah, that's like the joke. The punchline yeah. is that women can't be doctors. Yeah, but I could see like whenever that riddle came about in like 1920 that yeah. people are like, well, it doesn't make sense because the right. father was in the crash too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Co- old riddle content that you guys all crave. <laughs> yeah. Not today. I'm gonna, I, we're going to, we're going to have a riddle segment from yeah. here on out. <laughs> Cause I feel like that's going to be wildly popular. Yeah. Um, and then what I, you know, I guess we're recording this a couple weeks early, so it feels silly to talk about the debates, but Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, I'm obsessed with her. Oh my God. I obviously (laughs) do not think she's a viable candidate for president. Oh, you don't? I take anyone seriously who does think that, but I love her, like, I feel like she is all of gay Twitter's aunt now, you yeah. know, like she's our weird witchy aunt from Arizona who visits <laughs> and brings us crystals for our birthday. She kind of reminds me of when my mom is like wine tipsy and <laughs> like yelling at the TV about yeah. like politics. Like she goes on a rant about politics and she'll be like, yes, we do need reparations. Yeah. And yeah. It's As like, she's like kind of sort of spilling Pinot Grigio yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do love her. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was really fat. And I had, I had no, absolutely no idea who this woman was until. No, I mean, she I was working the night following. of the debates. Yeah. And, then, and then I checked Twitter that night where, like, you know, what's going on where I get all my news. <laughs> and, and I saw her. And I was like, who the hell is this woman? I have n- not even a cl- I thought I knew who all 20 of the people in the, in the primary field were. Yeah. And here's this lady. Obviously, she has a following because you have to... I think the whole thing is you have to raise a certain amount of money to be on the debate stage, right? Yeah. But also, like, had this been, uh, like, like she's kind of the equivalent of Donald Trump. Not in, like, she's not a horrible person, but, like, uh, for the Republican primaries in 2016, mm-hmm. it was, like, all these qualified... All these well, people with actual political yeah. experience. Yeah. All these know. politicians and business executives and then like this reality TV this joke weirdo. Of <laughs> yeah. yeah. You no, know, she is, who's she saying is all this like crazy a... stuff. Like she's saying crazy stuff but like positive. Right. Like, like very positive and, and she's like obviously way more well spoken and to compare I'm not comparing her to Donald Trump like at, no, but, at all. But I that's... see what you mean. She's the one like wild card where you're like, who the fuck is this person? Where <laughs> yeah. did they come from? Although yeah. I did hear that she is like anti vax and like has some other sort of weird they all have weird stuff about them. You could, like, dig up, like, stuff about all of them. Yeah. I like Kamala Harris and, you know, the things that people have dug up about Kamala Harris and, like, oh, my God, that's horrible to learn about her. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. she's still my pick. Yeah, she rocks. Yeah. Yeah, after watching the debates, I'm like, well, this is someone that could, like, get people excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think everybody's excited about Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. I um, love yeah, Elizabeth People Warren. love Elizabeth yeah. Warren. Yeah, that's kind of like the common thread for, like, she might not be everybody's number one, but I haven't, if you ask people who their, like, one and two is, I feel like Elizabeth Warren is always either one or two. One or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She should be, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you see the jacket that Kamala Harris wore to the... San Francisco Pride. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> was incredible. Wow. Yes. Did you see it? I'm gonna go no, I didn't. Oh I'm my gonna go God. look it up. She wore this, this fucking 
sequence rainbow blazer jacket yeah Yeah, it was kind of like a it was kind of like a baggy jacket almost like a windbreaker it looked like maybe like a like a light jacket but it had uh the sleeves were like kind of denim or blue or somehow but then the the rest of the jacket was like solid sparkly sequins rainbow it was the gayest (laughs) piece of clothing i've ever seen and it was incredible i Whoever designed that or makes that, that's going to, like, sell out. Oh, I would probably buy one just for, like, I would just to one. be a part of the history. Yeah. Just to, like, lecture some teenager when I'm in my 60s. Like, do you even know the, the story behind this jacket that I'm wearing? <laughs> also, like, I mean, I, I've always thought this about Kamala, but she has such, like, Bette Porter vibes. Yes. yes. Oh, my yeah. God. She does have she really serious does. Bette Porter energy. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, a, a couple people have tweet about this before but that if like Kamala Harris is uh bet then Kristen Chilbrand is Tina and oh it's God. like <gasps> it's I Kristen Chilbrand yeah. is up there with people I like as well I know not enough about her but I'm like oh all right I like you you swear a lot you seem yeah. pretty down to earth yeah you know she, she said that whiskey was her comfort food I yeah. trust that I, I, I trust that in a person <laughs> yeah that won her over she got a lot of shit for calling out Al Franken and like a lot of um financial DNC backers like kind of mm. turned their back on her and got really mad because she was like, no, we don't need them. Yeah. Well, it was oh. true. And, and like, that was like suit, like she had zero to gain. Yeah. Really by that, mm-hmm. like by going against a very well, liked politician who people felt like, you know, should have been given a chance despite whatever. And, yeah. um, which I even was like on the fence with when the first picture came out, I was like, okay, like, it was before he was a politician. He was mm-hmm. a comedian. He's not actually groping her. He's not touching her. He's just being yeah. an immature man, man, which like... But I think the timing, the timing of the timing all of, of that it. coming sure. out, she had no choice but to disavow him, and the Democratic Party did as well, you know? Like, it just... I, I think it was But it right took a while. Call. Yeah. Oh, I, I do. Yeah, but she was, like, at the forefront of, yeah. of that, and that was kind of and politically brave. I, sometimes I do feel like, on our side, like, there is so much hypocrisy. Like, we want to hold these guys accountable. You know, I was on a plane with a woman, like, three or four years ago, and we were talking about politics, and she was saying she worked in an office, um, like, Mayor Bloomberg's office, and Joe Biden used to come in, and he was the gropiest, most horrible, most misogynistic man on the planet. He was always, like, gr- like the secretaries used to, like, pull straws to not bring memos into a room where he was having a meeting because he was, like, such a grabby, touchy guy. Gross. Yeah, uh. and that he was just disgusting. And even, like, online, I scroll through now, and I see people saying things like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's not that bad, or why are these things just coming out about him now? And it's like, okay, we're not allowed to say that, and then complain when, you know, people are making the same criticisms of politicians on the right. Yeah. Like, I think that all men of all political affiliations of all walks of life should all be held accountable for yes, their absolutely. actions. Amen. Yeah. Oh God. I'm so over men. I'm, I'm over really, men. I'm <laughs> just in general. I've hit a point where I'm like, I think that, uh, my, my relationship with them in general has run its course. Like, <laughs> I just, I simply don't need any more in my life at all. <laughs> Is that- I just don't like, I have a couple of, I got a few friends, I'll keep them. But mm-hmm. like, other than that, I'm just, I'm not, I will, I'm not accepting applications at this time. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. it's over. I don't have any man friends. I work yeah. with, I work <laughs> with all men and I, I really like all the guys I work with. This is a really good team I have now. But, um, other than that, no, I have everyone I know is, is a straight up queer person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 
I really love my my friends who are guys, but it's because I'm very selective. Exactly, about we are who they are. But uh, yeah, my I was never someone with a lot of guy friends. But then it was yeah. always the the ones that I do have are the the men that I surround myself with. Yeah, are like and I work the with best a lot of, the best. of guys too. Like I also work in the restaurant business, and and so naturally I work around like eighty percent men. But, yeah, and they're great. They are dirt bags, but they're very transparent about it. Like yeah. none of them are like, they just aren't clever enough to hide their dirt baggery. So they just are sort of pretty on the surface about that kind of thing. Yeah. So I kind of trust, I almost trust that a little bit more than yeah. the men who are like on the surface have this veneer of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm one of the good ones. It's like, no, you're fucking not. See, none if, of you are. When a man At least just wear it on your sleeve. When a man says like, I'm one of the good, or like, you know, like I respect women or I love strong women. That. To me, giant red, it's a red flag. flag. That's Always. a red flag. That person's yeah. sexist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. None of none of the men that I have like a high opinion of have ever said that, and yeah. are <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like through their yeah. actions and conversations, it's like no doubt. Like they, you wouldn't have to say that, mm-hmm. if, right? If if, you, if that's if you what feel you really the need were. to say it, then I don't believe you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. True. Um, well, I guess that kind of takes us into our topic of dyke spaces. Get, get yeah, those speaking of cis having men no out fucking of there. room for men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get cis men out of our spaces. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about Babetown and the space that, that you created with yeah, it. That yeah, I, that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Babetown. Babetown is basically a house party. Um, everyone is allowed to come except for cis men. Cis men are discouraged from attending. Um, and I have actually in the past asked one or two to leave. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Wow. That is my favorite Which is fact a fun about Babetown. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't really screen for it, I guess, when people are buying no, tickets. No, no. You, know what, if so, you know what? We don't um, identity police at Babetown. Like, I wouldn't yeah. just go up to a man standing there and be like, you don't, you know, because that could be a trans man. I yeah. wouldn't just be like, you have to go. Yeah. Um, it's usually, you know, there was like one time we threw a party at this girl's house and she had a, a very cis straight man brother. And, um, and, you know, and his dad had actually come through the, you know, he was helping me with the barbecue and, you know, and he was there and he was very nice and I wasn't like, okay, sir, you're done. Get yeah. going. Yeah. But the brother was kind of going up to people and being like, hi, I'm Aaron. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and just like really happy that this was happening. And, you know, oh, him, I went up to him and I was like, hey, you know, do you know about, do you know what this is? Yeah. You know, right. this isn't for you. So. Which um, is, a, I think, a jarring thing for cis men to oh, hear. Yeah, is he like, flipped this out. space is not. For you. Oh, he was having, he, he had the biggest melt out of any of the men I've had to ask, I've had to have that conversation with. He had the biggest meltdown. He's like, I was just being nice. No, he was yeah, like, you're a just... bitch. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, he was like really unhappy. He was like upstairs. This was like this huge mansion. This was this girl's parents' house, which I, I don't know if I initially knew that. Um, um, but it was this huge mansion. We threw a pool party there. Um, and nice. the, the parents and the brother lived upstairs, which, you know, I, I don't think I realized that either. Um, and yeah. And he just like was, I, he, I went upstairs at one point to use the bathroom and he was upstairs. Like I heard him like down the hall screaming to his mom, like she's a bitch. Wow. <laughs> like, he was screaming to his mom. Screaming to his mom about why, what a man he I can picture the little, the, the chubby little German kid from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original movie, the yeah. one that gets sucked up into the fountain. I don't know oh, why. Augustus no. Bloom. I Augustus don't know why I'm, only, a... I'm picturing the adult yeah. version of him. Yeah, he had a, a pure little, heart. 
Yeah. I know he did. <laughs> he was okay. I'm picturing him as an adult, but wearing like one of those little beanie hats with a helicopter thing on top. Yeah, I don't know no, why. No, no. That's the mental image that comes to mind. It would have mm-hmm. been the the TV kid. Oh, the TV mm-hmm. kid. Yeah, That's he was the a one brat. Who Mike TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike TV would have called you a bitch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he told him to stop. <laughs> stop interacting with people. Yeah. How does it work? People volunteer their yeah. People their volunteer their homes. People sign up their homes. I have people writing to me. I actually like. I feel bad sometimes because like I have so many requests of people interested in hosting a babe town. Sometimes I feel wow. like there's ones that like I forget about that slip through the cracks at this point. Um, but it is basically a queer house party brought to your house. I set it up. I clean it up. I break it down. Um, you anyone who hosts is given five tickets for their friends so it's kind of this tick this like party built at your house like catered for you and your friends and a bunch of like other queer cuties you've never met yeah um so i just try and i try to keep it between like 40 and 60 people yeah so it's like a little bit more intimate you know people can kind of talk to each other and make friendships it's it's encouraged to talk to each other um and yeah it's just sort of like a very down-to-earth house party I really want to go to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should definitely come check it out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and then a little bit more about not having it be available to, to cis men. What was the thing? Like even well, gay, gay cubby cis men. Hole, you know, like, you yeah. know, you go to cubby hole these days and it's filled with gay cis men. And yeah. I kind of feel like I don't, you know, I kind of feel like Pat started out as like a much more queer women and trans oriented party and today you go and it's like so many dudes I mean it's you know it's just at the end of the day we have anything that gets just like really good it gets really popular and it just becomes taken over by gay cis men yeah you know I say that with all due respect to gay cis men I love gay cis men but they I could could take them or leave them yeah they economically they just have more money they're going out in more numbers and they I think that they just have a tendency to kind of like flood these spaces once those spaces get good so Babetown you know Babetown is really a about sort of a focused, concentrated area for queer women, trans, non-binary people to sort of meet each other and kind of develop that strong community. I mean, New York gay cis men have like a really strong network here, yeah. you know, to lift each other up. And we can we can have that also. We're yeah. building it. I mean, that, that's kind of like the, the dyke march, too, that they ask that you only march in it if you identify in whatever the word means to you yeah, but as, as yeah as a self-identifying dyke mm-hmm. and um everybody else like support us from the sidelines and quite literally the sidelines yeah from yeah. the sidelines and and i which is great and i love, love it. that yeah, yeah all, i appreciate every single one of those uh cis gay men that mm-hmm. that are on the the sides and holding signs of support because it, it means a lot and we we want your support but it's also nice to have the street yeah. literally in that mm-hmm. as as our space yeah and it would be like a very different vibe if cis men were yeah. allowed in it not not like a bad vibe just a different vibe yeah mm-hmm. and like sometimes i think that we should be able to to have that um, that freedom and that that space to have this, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, it's it, it it's the same way with bars too. You know, it's like yeah, that's like the the like all the dyke bars are disappearing because mm-hmm. like kind of like what you said. I didn't I didn't really consider what you said earlier about how economically they tend to go out more and spend more money and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that's so much to do with it. 
Um, but yeah, it does feel that way. Like Cubbyhole literally now just feels like a gay bar for men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Cubbyhole occasional... is filled with cis gay men. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Whenever I go in there, I'm just like, where's the other lesbian? Yeah. yeah. You know. That actually happened to a bar I went to that has closed down uh, in Buffalo. But the one uh, lesbian bar in Buffalo that I went to all the time, like whenever I came home from college called Roxy's and they started doing burlesque shows there and it was an amazing burlesque troupe that did like very funny and very political Mm -hmm. uh, burlesque and it was so much fun and then I noticed though over the course of like maybe three years it went from like being a dyke bar to being filled with gay men yeah Mm -hmm. and yeah I know it'd just be nice to have our own fucking spaces every once in a while, but that yeah. is. Why but we na- have to now we have more out. and more. Yeah. You we know? do. Yeah, yeah. Lately, I feel like I see like so many events and parties have cropped up that are you know really kind of focusing on creating that space. Mm-hmm. You know, because because we're losing all of our brick and mortar spaces. Although shout out to Henrietta Hudson for hanging in there. I love Henrietta Hudson. I haven't been there. You've never. Since. Oh, so, uh, well, <laughs> I, like, I, never? Mean, I basically have never been there. I went there once, like probably eight years ago oh, like, before really I moved here. I recommend it. It's really yeah, good. not on I like know. a Friday or Saturday night, just like on a like a Thursday night. It's a yeah. really really fun. Place. Has it still sort of held on as like an actual lesbian yeah, bar? Yeah, it's still such a lesbian bar. Like it's just like such like an old school lesbian bar with like that one couple that's kind of like pushing each other in the corner. They seem mad, and then like people like making on the dance floor, and like you know everyone in the back playing pool. It still has that old dyke bar like okay. feel, and I really I love that. About I it. hated it the first time I went there. Yeah. <laughs> How long I, ago? Um, I would say it was six years ago, maybe mm-hmm. I went and I did not like it, but it was also like super crowded the time I went. I, and then it was like, Bud Lights are on special for $8. I'm like, come on guys. <laughs> right. uh, that's insane. That's gross. But I had also like recently moved to New York, so mm-hmm. I wasn't. Um, aware of that that was sort of the norm and then they were also charging a cover and I'm like a cover mm. for what uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am personally offended by cover I'm charges a fa- I am a very offended by covers cover I, when, I, when I first started throwing Babetown and Babetown includes all you can drink alcohol all you can eat food people were furious that I was going to charge $35 to you know to walk into the door of this queer party I mean people were really like oh my god that is a huge amount to charge I feel like that's a bargain that's yeah today I mean today like there's all these dance parties it's $35 to go and then I have to buy my drinks there's yeah that's no just food. to get in the door at least you include yeah. like the entire experience for yeah. that amount mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey, 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, even the Pride Party we we went to last night for, for Leslie, like those tickets were around 30 bucks. You did get a free pair of Thinks, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the, the period underwear, which cost like 30 bucks. So yeah. I mean, if you were so in you the market for that, you yeah. broke even. <laughs> but then like the the drinks were definitely on the pricey side. Um, they had a lot going on. They had like photo booth and, and stuff like that. But um, going out can be like very expensive. Mm-hmm. So to have $35 be an all-inclusive price, that's, that's pretty, pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All you can drink. You can like mm-hmm. drink a bottle, an entire bottle of wine at this party. I think That's I did do that when I went yeah. to, <laughs> to yours. Well, you you brought a you brought a very quality bottle. I of did, wine, yes, which I enjoyed as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, do people like bring? Wine um, I mean, as I well? did. Yes, yeah, Sarah but, did. Yeah. Sometimes people do. Sometimes people will like. You know, I have like I think like nice quality wine. People will sometimes bring better quality. Sometimes people bring if they. I've had people bring like bottles of whiskey or bourbon or whatever that they want to share with you know the people around them. Um, I've definitely had people bring their, I've had, I've had a couple beer snobs, you know, I'll put yeah. out like Corona and Miller and, and Blue Moon. Yeah. And I've definitely had people go out and come back with like, they were like, Oh, I just had to get this craft beer. Yeah. And I'm like, really man? <laughs> such a dyke thing to yeah. go out and get craft beer. Yeah. Sorry. I just had I to go get an IPA. I am a uh, Miller Light girl myself or yeah. Coors Light or Bud Light or whatever. It's a champagne of beers. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's, I think it's one of the few things I've held on from my like Midwestern upbringing is my love for like like ice cold light ass beer. When, yeah. <laughs> when I lived in Atlanta, I was like Miller Lite. I always had a six pack in my fridge of Miller yeah. Lite or like anytime <laughs> it I don't know. Anytime it was going to be like a day long hang or like by the oh, pool yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you can't mess with craft beers by the pool. No, like, gross. Or the beach. Yeah. I just don't like how they taste. I just I really just like Oh, uh, no. Now I love them. Now I don't drink Miller Lite anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like if I go out but be, because I don't do like Day long drinking. I don't do day long anything. Yeah. I mean, we did. I I feel like that's why I'm so exhausted right now because Pride is such a day long. Like, you really have to be down to spend fucking like 18 hours out of your house. (laughs) I know. You're going to really enjoy Pride. People are asking me to go to brunch on Sunday. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's like the idea of brunch on Sunday. I am a little embarrassed to admit that I spent almost all of Sunday in my house. Mm -hmm. Um, I left my apartment for the first time at like 7 p.m. Because I was just like, I can't do it. Like, I, I, I am gonna having a little bit of, uh, like, FOMO from not going to the march because it was, like, World Pride. It was the 50th anniversary. But I just really, I felt like that was my version of, like, this is how I am celebrating my queerness is taking care of myself yeah. and just fucking staying in. <laughs> I think, and plenty I of think, you posted Instagram mm-hmm. stories that I could follow along with, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like... Yeah. I think, 
I think everyone understands that. Yeah. 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 Especially in, in New York, which the parade was going on forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forever. They've got to fit in every single company that's ever existed. Right. And company, <laughs> every politician. Every oh my god! Whatever. It's exhausting. So the pra- it, it's kind of like this exaggerated U shape, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Cecilia and I were caught like in the middle of it, and we were gonna meet at one place uh, with my friend for for dinner, and. We would have had to cross the parade route and like the line to cross the street seemed really, we're like, this is going to take forever. Let's go in the opposite direction of where the parade started because it's like 6.30, almost 7 o'clock right now. So that should be over p.m. Yeah. Not, Not over. Yeah. They still, <laughs> on the beginning of the parade route. Oh, my God. Had floats going. I'm like, you are <laughs> fucking kidding me. Right. That's like... You know, Citibank and all those guys yeah, got to get in there. Yeah, they got to all the banks. Their, they got to get their photo op. I would love to know from someone what time the parade officially ended because I have a feeling it was a 12-hour parade. Ugh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I'm not even exaggerating. I know, I know. I think it was a 12-hour parade. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of, like, queer spaces that people sort of carve out, I, <laughs> I didn't know this until this year that everyone going to like Jacob Reese instead of doing the March mm-hmm. is That's such what a I thing. Done, yeah. On Sunday. That's yeah. a beach. It's a, yeah. 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 Jacob Reese is a beach. Uh, it's Wait, out have the you Rockaways, never been to right? the gay beach? I've never been to, yeah, I've never I've been to been New York to beach. Yes. The Rockaways one time. Yeah. There's Rockaway, there's Rockaway beach, but then there's like the little small Jacob Reese park and that is like the gay section. And it's, it's like a scene almost like people have it their is, little yeah. squad and they have their like really coordinated. Everyone's like, topless. Not that coordinate. Yeah. Everyone's topless, but they have like bottoms that coordinate with like body jewelry and whatever. Like it's like a whole scene. I know, um, like four or five people that rented a house near the beach so that they could like wake up there Sunday and like get their spot, like get wow. their spot chiseled out. Cause it gets very crowded. Like it's just like dense with queer people mm-hmm. and you see everyone you've ever met. You're like, with your current girlfriend and your ex-girlfriend comes up and all of you are naked. Yeah. Like, what hey. a complete nightmare. <laughs> I can't imagine a worse scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been. I never. Or a dream. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> depending on who you are. Yeah. Depending on your How much maturity level you like? in your relationship with your exes. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> yes. I don't, I, I've never, uh, listeners know this, I've never been to like a New York City beach because I am a beach snob. I'm like, I, nothing about the beaches yeah. here seem appealing. They are crowded and the water doesn't seem good to go in. <laughs> To, and if I can, <laughs> like, I'm a big fan of going uh, like on a weekday. Like, I work in the restaurant business, so I have like some weekdays mm-hmm. off. And yeah. like, that to me is a time. I would, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't try it on like a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, but yeah never. I would totally go. I mean, have you been to Rockaways? Have you been to Rippers out there? Yeah. No. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. great. It's just great. like a essentially a concession stand, but yep. the burgers are really good. It's just, it rocks. I love it so much. The one time I went there, I had a great time. No, I'd rather... I bought a pair of swim trunks to say rippers on them. (laughs) I mean, Jacob Reese is like, that's an amazing, valuable space because that's a place where you have all these queer people, like they have their bodies out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I don't know if like having like, being like half naked in public is necessarily like always a situation that's very... you know, po- you know, positive for queer people. Like, I don't know if queer, there's a lot of queer people who I don't think get a lot of positive messaging about their body. Yeah. But I think yeah. Jacob Reese is a place where you can kind of like express that and it's very free and it's just like, and it's very like platonic in a way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, and it's just, it's a really positive experience. I have like really, I have all the positive things to say about the gay beach. You should go check it out. 
Okay, I think I'll check it out. I know that Cecilia's going to listen to this and be like, why haven't we gone yet? Yeah. She <laughs> wants to check out every queer space and Aww. I should be a good wife and, and go yeah, to the beach. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I know, she always wants to go to Coney Island. I'm like, uh, Coney Island's fun too. It's, that's like a whole thing. I feel like it would take up like... A whole day. A whole day. I That'd mean, I, 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 I want to go. She, she's always like, do you just not want to go? I'm like, no, no, I want to go, but it's hard to find an entire, an entire day, day to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's like impossible. To devote to it. Yeah. Until you're hungover, and then you're like, oh, I have an entire day to sit around and do nothing. Oh, yeah. I can always find an entire day to not do shit. That's <laughs> yeah. like my, my hidden talent. Exactly. Yeah. An entire day to not do anything like, easy. Mm, I wonder if I could watch three whole movies in one day. Yeah. We're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to Coney Island on Friday. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love Coney Island. I'm f- I was born around there in Sheepshead yeah. Bay. All right. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Cecilia's so been, spot. she loves it. Yeah. yeah. She had um, a lot of fun with her um, with her family. In terms of dyke spaces, I don't know. There's like bars, right? Mm-hmm. And then I feel since those are dying off now, that things like Babe Town and like event based mm-hmm. things um, are becoming more, more popular and ways for people to meet because we get so many questions from listeners that are like, how do I make friends? How do I meet people? Mm-hmm. And, the, oh, yeah, and just go up and talk to them. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing I've learned from Babe Town is that everybody wants more friends. Yeah. Like everybody wants friends. That's a universal truth. You know, you go, I, you go to something like the woods and I feel like the woods is like the pinnacle place where you have like people and they're like little groups, not talking to each other. Yeah. You know, people are like yeah. really kind of like, like standing around like all of those people want to talk to each other like that's what they want like I will totally just go up to someone and start talking to them I think that's really how I started how Babetown started was just me going up to people and being like hey do you want to come to my party yeah you know um and there's always that moment New Yorkers especially like New York queer queer women like are so guarded and I think there's something really special about kind of watching that guard immediately go down. Yeah. And people are just like so happy just to be like making a new friend and talking to a new queer person. Yeah. I, I feel like it's hard to do that in in a bar, but like at an event type thing. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Or it's a easier. very intentional gathering of people, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, who are all kind of in the same space, like energy wise. And, are you know, people aren't like too super drunk or like anything mm-hmm. weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long have you been doing these events? Well, I've been throwing Babe Town for um, since 2016. Uh, before that, in New Orleans, I threw um, a similar, similarly queer event, except it was desserts and liquor, and it was called oh. Crust. Oh my so god, it was cool! Pot, pie and liquor. Yeah. And before that, I did um, a brunch, uh, a very lesbian brunch called Brunch Me Baby. Love that. I love yeah. the names. For I know it. the <laughs> names are, are just killer. Yeah. Oh, I even saw. Um, Fluid? Is that how? Oh, oh yes. yeah. They named a, a lip gloss after we us. We saw that. Yeah. That was so uh, exciting. Sir Baby Girl's concert. They had a like a um, table. Oh, kind of and thing Babe set Town. Up. The yeah. Babe Town shade was there. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That she was she so gave exciting. me the Babe Town shade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, she written to me and been like, hey, you know, I'm naming my lip glosses after things, you know, queer things that really inspire me. And we we love your party. Can we name a shade Babe Town? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's such an honor, you know. And I, I don't wear a lot of I don't wear a lot of pink, but yeah. whenever I you know I I will wear that lipstick all the time and like 
I'm like, fluid. That's yeah. a really cool Babe thing. Yeah, yeah. It is. it's very cool. That was definitely one of the, the cooler things to happen for sure. We've had some cool moments. Um, you know, like Gloria Steinem's uh, assistant wrote to me, you know, once that Gloria read an article about Babe Town and she was like, and she just really loves and respects your work. And I was like, hold on a wow. second. <laughs> You're like, hold on, I'm going to go die happy wow. now. Yeah. I'm just going to go sob for hours. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I, I can die now because yeah. Gloria Steinem has read something about something my, my work so that's amazing yeah that's what, what else the do you need coolest thing yeah that was that's the coolest so cool. thing never happened yeah uh do you yeah are, are there people that show up to these events that are like celesbians or anything like that yes, or is it sometimes more? um but i always do joke to people like if you are looking for like a swanky like a super cool party where there's lots of like instagram influencers and like Oprah's cousin is chilling on the front <laughs> porch. Like if you're looking for something like that, like Babetown is definitely not for you. Like, yeah, I, I think of Babetown as like a very, very, very down to earth, like very working class people. Yeah. Um, just like very, like I, I always joke, uh, cause like, you know, I'll get those Instagram influencer people with like the millions of followers and they want a free ticket. And you know, and I usually send them back a message. Like the thing is, is that I don't know if you're going to like this. Like Babetown is not necessarily for like, the 10% of people living really glamorous lives. Mm. Like Babetown is for the everybody, yeah. you know, everybody else. Also it sells out every time. So it's not like you really need them to be yeah, no, promoting yeah. your, <laughs> your thing. Giving right? me the shout out. Yeah. No, well, uh, you know, just in my experience, if what you're looking for is like a very glamorous, you know, lots of rubbing shoulders with like cool, like the, per, you know, perfect other glamorous people. Like this is not the thing you are going to want. What it's, I, not, it's not a Coachella environment. It's, yeah. It's not Coachella. Yeah. It's not burning. <laughs> man yeah um but you know it's also like you know a party i enjoy is ellis you know it's not ellis you know mm-hmm. ellis is very ellis? so ellis oh ellis is the I've soho house of lesbians yeah. uh it's very very glam everyone's beautiful everyone's dressed very nice there's definitely a lot of you can spot the instagram influencers and the people that have been on the real l word and you know people like that like all the like lesbian reality show people um, Everyone but, that Kelsey Bailey knows and follows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if she's been to... I just learned about these, like, really recently. And I went to their website, and I, like... Cause you basically have to go and, like, give them your information. Yeah, you have to be invited. And then, like, they... You know, I have yet to be invited, for the record. <laughs> yeah. But... I, got in, I was invited to the first one. I remember I went to the first one and I felt like so out of place, so anxious, like amongst that crowd of the people they, you know, handpicked that first round. I definitely felt like they were a little bit like, like, I don't know if I look as, yeah, I definitely don't look as glamorous or beautiful, I think, as like some other promoters. Like young, in, in like I, I look at their Instagram sometime and it, it, to me, it sort of strikes me as like a people in their early 20s kind of All of it vibe. is because that's I mean, who's going out. People yeah, in their exactly. 30s are like, I'm just going to stay home and cuddle with my girlfriend. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of what it is, too. You know, it's <laughs> like we tend to couple off and then stay home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why our spaces are disappearing. I know. <laughs> well, it's because you, you ain't going, going out and spending any fucking money. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. how it works. <laughs> it's unfair, but that's kind of like an explanation for it, you know? Yeah. So it's now it's all these kind of like 
There's a Dyke Bar Takeover. That's a... Which is the people who throw Dyke Bar Takeover, I think, are just the best. They are so I lovely. I've never even heard of this. Uh, they yeah. come to Babetown and they bring flowers. And they just, yeah, they always bring me a bouquet of flowers. The, 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 two, pe- the two people I know behind it, they just have such a deep sense of community and passion for what they're doing. Yeah. And you really feel it in all of those parties. Um, and they make a lot of money for those bars that they take over. You know, they, they're just like really very... They're just really nice and very conscious and very great people. I, nothing but the best. Shout out to, to Sarah, who, who runs that thing. I mean, they're just great. Yeah, I met them at um, a comedy show I was on. It was a Claudia Kogan show, and I guess she's friends with them. Oh, okay. And she introduced afterwards, and I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. So it's like they don't they don't let the bars know ahead of time is that oh i actually i don't know i assume that they're working with those bars and i that's a total assumption though oh, I, 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 think. I don't i guess i'd have to look into it but i think what i thought was just like on a night like they find a bar that won't be like super packed or anything mm. and then is like all right like all right, this is where it is tonight. assemble at this yeah. at this, this bar and it kind of like takes over scare the, the shit out of the seems, bartender <laughs> that seems like i doubt that because okay. they, when it, when in the times where i've gone they have like a table set up where they're checking oh, people okay, in okay. and there's like a, a never mind situation. that was just my so, my dream of ambushing just like ambushing people people on their places. Places. Yeah. No, I think that all that stuff is like super duper coordinated ahead of time, and I'm sure oh, the bar is okay. benefiting in some way. Well, thank you for correcting me on that. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd have to confirm with somebody, but that's my assumption. That's. It seems like. I mean, if that's the better. If assumption I was a bar manager. Mine. I'd go over to the table and be like, "What's happening? Yeah, are you selling tickets? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Imagine if you did that and like. Everybody just like assumes you're supposed to be there. Like you just set up shop in a bar and start like. If you do it confidently enough, I think you can get charge away with and it. get cover. away with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just stand outside a bar and see charge how long cover. you can charge a cover yeah. until the owner comes over and is like, "Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. Why do you be... have a handful of cash? Like I don't." <laughs> that would be the funniest thing to I do. Know. Oh my that, god, that sounds like an amazing like grift like I love a grift yeah that is a great I love a scam grift. Yeah. I love all of it that's a good grift <laughs> yeah as, as soon as somebody catches on like you Just walk run by, yeah you could probably make like a hundred bucks spend your entire night at each place easily charging five dollar cover and then that's what everybody was doing <laughs> on pride events evidently is charging twenty dollars at the door just to be somewhere yeah, yeah. Be yeah it's crazy these days at Chipotle you had to pay yeah. 20 bucks to <laughs> get your gay burrito I don't know <laughs> so another uh, dyke space here in New York is see you next Tuesday and that's like a happy hour party that um, our past guest uh, Amelia talked about yeah. on our woodworking episode yeah they throw it with um, a couple of other people and it's like pretty much the same demographic as Babetown, just mm-hmm. basically everybody except for cis men. Yeah. And uh, it's apparently a really good party. It's once a month. I think, I want to say it's the last Tuesday of the month or something like that. I don't know. They have a, they yeah. have an Instagram, but definitely look at that if you're looking for a space for like women, you know, queer women, non-binary folks, everything. So, so we've talked about a lot going on in New York city, which we're so fortunate to, mm-hmm. to live here and have, all of these spaces, but uh, you mentioned doing stuff in New Orleans. Were, were you living there? Oh yeah, New Orleans. New Orleans had such a cool queer scene, really ahead yeah. of its time. Um, I was living. That's where I started cooking. Okay, um, that's that's like my origin story. Great place to start yeah, right? cooking. Yeah. Oh my god, the best food in probably the, entire the best country. like food city in the country. Yes. It's gotta be. Yeah. I tried to work in the entertainment industry after college, and I was just like not getting a job. I was so stressed out. I was really depressed. So my I fell in love with this girl. She broke my heart 
And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to New Orleans. And my friend was like running this like super queer commune down there. Like I lived in a tree house in the living room uh, for $100 a month. It was oh really, it was amazing. Um, and, I, and I like was always cooking in the kitchen and like some people that happened to be passing through were having dinner and they're like, you should go get a job at a restaurant. Um, and I did, I went and got my first line cook job and it was just like immediate, an immediate unhealthy addiction to line cooking. I mean, I just loved it. Um, and I, I never, I never left. Um, and I got really involved with the queer scene. I mean, it's very, if you are someone who's repeatedly going to the, the queer parties there, like it's really easy to get super involved in the scene cause it's so small. Yeah. There was a party that used to happen called, uh, deep les, which I'm just like, what a great name for yeah, a party. That's, you know? that's like, that's straight to the point right there. And I used to DJ <laughs> it. I would do like the late night shift, you know, just like playing music off my computer and my little like little short shorts, little outfits. Yeah. Oh, I used to go into this like, you know, like a sexy outfit store to like get my outfits that I would DJ in. And I remember the guy when, you know, he would recommend things to me and he'd be like, you know, when the other dancers come in, they get this or that. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm not dancing. I, I, I DJ a party in this. You yeah. Know, I had this one That's really great. sparkly, sexy Santa outfit one for Christmas. It was so good. But That's great. Yeah, that was really fun. And there was um, lesbian arm wrestling, which was actually thrown by this woman, Maggie Combs, who ha- now lives here in New York. And she throws, she just threw um, an L word LARPing party. Oh, my God. <gasps> And I'm determined to be best friends with this woman. Yeah, she's a friggin' genius. <laughs> Shit, I heard about that. That was on my radar, and I really wanted to go, and I didn't. The L word, LARP, so live action role play is yeah, what that yes, means, right? Yeah. Yes. Can you imagine? Yeah. I came across that. I'm like, this is so much a thing I want to do. <laughs> and I either forgot about it or I was out of town. It's like a renaissance fair for lesbians. I mean, yeah. the, the ladies arm wrestling events that she threw down in New Orleans were some of the most magical times of my life. I mean, just all these rowdy, riled up queer women like screaming at this like stage and there's these hotties like wrestling each other. And like Maggie, who's also like, you'll go look at her. She's one of the hottest women you've ever seen. She's in this like ref outfit and she's like calling all the things. And like, it's just like, it was just one of the best queer events that's ever existed. That's awesome. Everyone's in costumes. Yeah. Make little teams. Like there was like a Royal Tenenbaums themed one, (gasps) one year. Oh my God. One party. (laughs) You you love a theme and a costume. I know. Like you're really piquing Carolyn's interest right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we should bring it back. Yeah. I mean, it it reminded me a little bit. I I don't, it's, I don't know if either of you were in New York for the Miss Les competition. No. What is this? Oh, Miss Les. We're learning so much today. That used to be so fun. Miss Les used to happen. And the last one, like you could feel like it's, it stopped happening because, you know, obviously it's such gendered language, Miss Mm -hmm. Les. Like it's very out of date for the direction our community is going in. Um, But it was run by Murray Hill. Yeah, yeah. Murray Hill. So Murray Hill used to throw this event and MC it. And everyone who throws like uh, usually like a, a queer woman centered event, like Choice Cunts, Hot Rabbit, all would put up, you know, a person to be um, a pageant contender who sort of represented their party and their their brand, their vibe. And it, it was always sort of like a mock pageant. And you're in the crowd. We were just like we're just like screaming and all rowdy. The person who won the last one, like her theme was like. Um, she she came out in the bikini competition. She had all this like fake pubic hair, just like this huge bush. Oh my god! Yeah, she did just like a whole like I think like her name was something to do with that. It was like fiery bush or something, and she was off and out. And there was like one person who was like 
the theme her theme was like um like that she had her period like she like did like a dance like where like everybody had like blood stained whatever you know and it was it was just like just like such a fun like silly mock thing I love dykes I yeah. always wish we could bring it back <laughs> Uh, there was like one Dre Campbell won two years in a row. If you guys know Dre, also a, a, a stand-up performer, she was so funny doing that. Oh my gosh, it was really fun. Uh, I I feel like if that came back, that we would be able to submit someone as diking out, right? Like yeah, a past yeah, we have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's like some kind of like entry fee. So that was that because like once, I, like I've. I've um, explored trying to revitalize it. Yeah. You know, kind of give it like a little bit more of a genderless name, but like bring, bring it back. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that the, the events, the events that put up people always had to be kind of like money-making events because yeah. there was like an entry fee of some kind. Yeah. But I think you won money if your person won. Oh. You win, you win the whole pot. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a real, it was a great We could rig it in our favor. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Um, Someone write to Murray Hill. Murray Hill, (laughs) if you're listening, bring it back. We miss it. Yeah. What advice would you give to people? So even New Orleans is, is still a city with a pretty significant queer scene. And we have a lot of listeners who live in countries and, Mm. um, and places outside of cities where there aren't these dike spaces. So maybe they might be interested in starting their own. What advice would you give to somebody starting something out? My advice is always just to like, go for it. I was so nervous when I started babe town. I remember being like, I'm going to put this up on the internet and everyone's going to, all my friends are going to think I'm super ridiculous. People are going to think this is a ridiculous name. Everyone's going to make fun of me and laugh at me. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine people like post reposting my event on Facebook, just being like, look at this ridiculous girl throwing this ridiculous party. Um, but people have really responded to it. So I think that there's something to be said about just like putting yourself out there, like build it and they will come. That's did, something did, I've learned. How many people, people came to your first one? The very first one? Oh, 60 or 70. The very wow. first one I listed, mm-hmm. it sold out in like a day. And so then I listed another one for the month that, you know, my first one, it was September. So then like a week later, I listed one for October and that one sold out in a day. And then I listed one in November. So before I'd even thrown one, I had three sold out events. I remember being like, oh my gosh, this better, this better go good. My mom came and cooked with me for that one. You know, yeah. I had to make sure that brisket was perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, from the minute I listed Babetown, it, it sold out very, 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 very quickly. That's Amazing. That's such a great story. I've, I've always thrown house, I've, you know, I'd say there was a really long time period of my life of throwing house parties that are exactly like Babetown. Yeah. And so people kind of knew what to expect when they come to a party, you know, that I throw, it's going to be a really positive environment. Everyone's going to feel really supported. It's going to be, you know, not just like one homogenous group of people, but a lot of different kinds of queer people like looking to make new friends and meet people. Um, so I think that there was already a little bit of people out there who knew, who know what, how good of a party I throw. Yeah. If I may say so. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, I think that, yeah, people, people ask me that question all the time. I just took Babetown on tour in October. You know, I took Babetown to all these different cities. It, it would amaze you the cities that have huge queer populations and not a lot of, um, events or bars catering to gay women and non-binary people, trans people at all. Yeah. Um, and Austin was a great example of that. I mean, the, the Austin event sold out very quickly. We had a big crowd for that one. They were just the most interested into it. Just very enthusiastic mm-hmm. group. Um, such lovely people. And a lot of people ask me like, what, what's your advice for starting an event like this? I'm like, look at all the people here that want it. 
Like mm-hmm. just start yeah. it, just list it. Because I think it's a challenge for people who either, um, like maybe they're already in a relationship and we do get emails about this too, like couples who want to make friends. So they're not going to meet people through dating apps. Mm-hmm. There's no queer bar in their town or no queer bar that, um, yeah. that women and non-binary folks are going to. So how do they make queer friends? Because they all are so hungry to have these, mm-hmm. uh, queer friendships yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, I, I think that you assume because you're if where you live lacks these spaces, it's easy to think that these people don't, don't exist, exist, but yeah. they're not but there. They do, yeah. But there are dykes all around. Or yeah. There are queer people all around, and yeah. um, but you have to kind of make a bold move, I guess, and uh, create. You can start small too. Create, I mean, yeah, create. You, can start you can do space. like a board game night or something at your house. It's true. You or know? a meetup. Like, you know, yeah. meetups, you could start yeah. a meetup. I think meetups are great for people that you know are like. Uh, there's a lot of people looking at that site who just moved to a city, like yeah. are looking to find a thing for themselves. And so I think just like having a meetup and making it like a tiny bit more creative than just like we're all gay, let's meet at this bar. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah. there's a meetup in New York that I think is super successful. It's the uh, queer rock climbing group. And that's a great idea. Like, it's inherent icebreakers. You know, you're bringing people together. That's really... And you know who I... Just like a side note, who I think is really doing the Lordess's work is people (laughs) who list these events. Like, somebody... Mm. You know, people who have Instagram accounts or who write about these events um, and, like, tell people where to go. I think, like, people who make that information more accessible, that's equally important to being the person that throws the party. Well... So if you're a listener right now and you're going to create a dyke event, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seriously, do yeah, it. We'll put it on Instagram. Know. Yeah. We'll, and we'll promote it. Um, no, it doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Get, we'll give it a shout out. Uh, we're happy to do nice. that for you so that you, you can mm-hmm. get people there and have it be a success and keep creating these spaces where we can uh, connect and form friendships and feel safe. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's with, awesome. With that, we'll get to our listener question for today. And this one, this one's kind of a toughie. Uh-oh. Yeah. Feel unqualified <laughs> to give advice here, but we'll try. <laughs> I am a bisexual woman who is struggling with internalized homophobia. I really want a relationship with a woman, but every time I try to do so, a whole bunch of inter- internalized homophobia rears its ugly head and I end up ghosting her. Despite having majored in women's studies in college and having read boatloads of queer studies literature, knowing intellectually that there's nothing wrong with wanting to have sex and relationships with women, I still can't seem to break past this. I know that I'm not asexual because I have no trouble having sex and relationships with men and desire to do the same with women. And before you say therapy, which was my first thought while reading Mm -hmm. this, I'm like, talk to a therapist. Uh... (laughs) I've exhausted my resources on this front and currently the best I can do is see a straight therapist um, with a lot of LGBT related training. While she's somewhat helpful, she is at the end of the day, a straight woman with no firsthand experience with this issue. I was wondering if you guys struggled with this and if so, how you dealt with it. Also, if you could please make uh, kill men, not bees, an official diking out t-shirt, it would make this beekeeper very happy. Uh, Cecilia will get on that. I'll have her design a kill men, not bees, yeah. diking out shirt. Um, 
Though I'm slightly scared that someone will see that in like Tank or iTunes rating. Yeah, or possibly. Apple Podcast, whatever. Doesn't matter. Back to the question. Uh, and I also really like that you're a beekeeper. You are doing uh, yeah. the Lord's work, whatever the Lord is. Quite literally because we, were all, we will all die if the bees die. Yeah, so. you can't let the bees die. <laughs> the bees are so... Uh, are so important. So I, I've never dealt with, I don't think I've dealt with internalized homophobia, even Mm. though I was raised, uh, Catholic and like any internalized phobia I might've had, like went very fast as soon as I realized that I was gay because I was like, Oh, this makes so much sense. And now I feel much better. Mm -hmm. So it, it was less complicated for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never, I never had any, any sort of issue with that either. So, you know, this is kind of a hard one to address. Um, but, you know, I, but it's kind of one of those things too, like when you're coming out and when you're becoming more like comfortable with yourself, just when the first time, like if you just like allow yourself to like kiss a woman things will make sense. You know what I mean? Like you start small, like you don't have to think of your sexuality in terms of like jumping into a relationship with a woman, like just like fucking make out with someone and then go from there, you know? Yeah. And like enjoy it and enjoy contact with someone. And maybe you can sort of slowly let some of that, those feelings kind of melt away. Yeah, I, I have a lot of questions for this listener. Mm-hmm. Like, do Follow you have? Questions. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 do you have are queer women friends? getting your clit hard? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that if women aren't getting you wet, like, let's not overthink it. Maybe you're not attracted to women. Like, yeah. there's yeah. definitely a type of person I would love to be attracted to, and have pushed myself. You know, there's a type of woman I would like really want to be attracted to, and have pushed myself to be attracted to. Um, but I'm not. You know what I mean? Like we're attracted to what we're attracted to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know if I necessarily think that's an internalized homophobia thing. I think maybe, maybe you're just not, maybe on an intellectual level, you want to be attracted to women, but you know, you're, you know, it's just not happening. Maybe your body's like, no, thank you. Well, yeah. That could definitely be it too. Yeah. There's, I know there's like biromantic and Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of kind of like sub labels under bisexual that, um, yeah, it's hard to know because it it doesn't seem like... Or you could have just not met the right person yet. You yeah. know, like that's entirely possible as well. Is it internalized be... homophobia... Because it doesn't sound like you're, you're homophobic unless I guess the feeling you have is just like this self-hatred every time you like picture yourself being with a woman or are you like overcome with shame? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's tough. Do you have queer friends like do you have positive examples of what queer love looks like in your life mm-hmm. maybe um that would help maybe seeking out other bisexual women who might be feeling the same yeah. way could be help helpful and like communicate that to each other and then maybe you kind of cross it together of like look we both feel kind of bad about that because i yeah i don't know or that could be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, this I, th- I think seeking out other bisexual women and talking about it is is pretty crucial. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. How, I, I really feel bad. I don't know how to answer that because I think we're missing some context mm-hmm. here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, of like what that like 
that like that are you physically drawn or, to women yeah are you physically are you not, a, yeah yeah that's yeah. that's, 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 a, a that's big, an important question thing, so because i think people over intellectualize so much today like people like really overthink like and it's all you know i think people just like really think deep and don't just like listen to their gut and their instincts you know and just like wanting what they want mm-hmm. yeah you know just going for what you want yeah yeah well, um, hope that helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if you want to kill men and, and not bees. Yeah. Um, like, I hope that you are sexually attracted to women. Yeah. Because <laughs> that yeah. make that easier for you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I guess keep, keep talking to people. Yeah. And I, I think talking to real humans who are queer and they don't have to be a therapist and don't be afraid to um to be honest about what's going on in your your head and sometimes by being open and honest that kind of takes the power away from that homophobia you, mm-hmm. you know like, yeah, like yeah. when it's bottled up inside you it builds up and kind of rules over your thoughts um, the more you talk to people about it though the better and i don't think anybody would judge you for that i think a lot of queer people do understand internalized uh, homophobia and a lot of our listeners have uh, have grappled with that before yep so best of luck yeah <laughs> uh, Alex where can people follow you on social media and oh yeah you can check out Babetown at Babetown NYC um, yeah we're on Instagram um, and that's where I will give like I'll let people know like what you know what day the tickets are going on sale um, and information like that great yeah and you can find us at Diking Out on all social media. You can follow me at TJ Carolyn on Twitter, Instagram. And I'm at the Sarah York. And if you want to know what gay Susans uh, exist <laughs> out in the world, follow every gay Susan on Instagram. Oh, I didn't even mention we ran into one of my favorite gay Susans at the Dyke March. That was great. Yeah. Uh, I was I so love thrilled. meeting the Susans. IRL. That's yeah, amazing. <laughs> I know. She came up and then I just screamed to everybody around me, this is a gay Susan. Yeah, so anyone who was standing in like 20 or, le- or fewer feet away from Carolyn knows. <laughs> yeah, breaking news, Susan is no longer my friend. No. Uh, <laughs> she's that cool. That was great. That was fun. Uh, thank you for diking out with us and dike out with us next week. Bye. 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 Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.